going on, everybody? Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Watch Report with me, Jean Luc Watch. Make some noise, clap it up, get excited wherever you are. We is back again with our brand new episode. So we'll be back with you all again on YouTube and on any podcasting platform that you can think of. We're available anywhere, anytime, any place. I've been sick. I had a cold. It was bad. I couldn't talk. I wasn't able to go without seconds without coughing, wheezing. It was terrible. I couldn't. That's why I couldn't give you all the show last week. But now we're back again. I'm fighting through. I'm pushing through. I'm gonna try to keep the coughing to a minimum. I'm gonna do the best I can. You might hear some uh uh as from time to time. But please don't let it take away from the quality that is this show. <laughs> and we have so much to cover today. We aren't going to waste any time. Just real quick, as a quick plug, like I always do, please leave a like on the video. Comment your thoughts and opinions. Subscribe to the channel and share the channel with everybody that you know so we can build up this empire together and make this thing bigger and better than ever before. We're trying to get to 350. That's right. We almost had 325. That's going to be another major marker. If we can get to 350 subscribers, oh, I'm going to be so happy. Thank you all for the support that you've been giving me already as we've been pushing this show forward and more and more and more. But now, all that stuff aside, it's time to talk about major news going on in the world of sports today. Starting off with John Moran, as you can see in the title of the video and of the show. Oh boy, man, you want to talk about some drama going on in Memphis. Woo, buddy. John Moran right now is going through a, well, the Memphis Grizzlies, everybody down in Memphis is going through a platform because John Moran just checked himself into counseling and rehab after or following the NBA's investigation of John Moran bringing a gun into a strip club. This coming off of a slew of other allegations against him that is really dangerous for John Moran. Just for those who don't know, as a quick summary of what's been going on. Back in, what, January, we had some news of uh, a story that everybody took as a joke, to be perfectly honest. They're like, oh, shoot, what? No way. John Morant punched a 17-year-old 12 times and put a gun on him all at, at like some pickup game because he got a ball thrown at him. And uh, that was just, again, accusations. Many people thought he was just fake. Many people thought he was just eh, somebody trying to say something stupid. Probably just a heated exchange. From that, though, my goodness, after that, Entourage pulled up after a Pacers game and, and essentially pointed a, a, a laser that we assume is, is attached to the end of a gun at some of the Pacers staff, employees, and or players, somebody who worked for the team, after an altercation that John Murray had with the Pacers in game. Well, wait a minute now. Hold on. After that, we see we hear more accusations about a new event where John Murray flashed a gun at a finish line employee over some sort of dispute. So just asking when you when does he get off? And we're gonna handle our business. And so now things are starting to get concerning. And then topping all that off, John Wayne on Instagram Live while traveling with the team pulls out and flashes the gun in a nightclub, strip club, whatever club, it posted on or while he's on IG Live. And now the NBA is investigating that whole thing. They looking for the gun. What well, shoot? Police, excuse me, did an investigation. Couldn't find the gun. That gun's probably somewhere in a bay, in a creek, or 
somewhere down under that they ain't gonna find it. Cause I know they ain't giving out. They ain't. They are not gonna let John Wick get caught with that evidence. Trust and believe that gun is long gone from for, from the time that it was touched. But the NBA is doing their own investigation on that old matter because the NBA does not allow for players to have guns in team in the team with the team or traveling to other various other locations while you're with the team. So essentially, if you remember Gilbert Arenas, yeah, they shut that down quicker than a hurry. We ain't having that no more. So now we're sitting at a situation where John Morant now is away from the team. Was suspended for a couple games, then was suspended for five games, I believe. And now is, based on the latest report today, out indefinitely as he has now taken the trip to Florida for counseling and rehab over all of these, essentially, actions that we've seen over the, over the past couple months. Taking some time away to get his life together. At least that's what he said. Put out an apology to Nike, as well, or, or to both Nike and the Memphis Grizzly fans. Just saying, I apologize, I'm sorry, I need to get some help. Paraphrasing, of course. And we, I'm going to get this right, because y'all deserve better. That's phenomenal. Oh my gosh. This is something I never want to see from any athlete, but especially somebody as high of a caliber as Job Morant. This is what we call playing face, or what I call playing face. This is what we call um, uh, uh, sticking your toe in the deep end when you can't swim. This is what some people would call putting on a facade. And what I really want to call, you know, putting on a mask of a lifestyle that you were never a part of. It's insane to hear all this stuff come out because, first off, where John Morant came from, in no way, shape, or form, should be conducive to what we're seeing for him in his life right now. And we want to hear people say, oh, he's 23, he makes mistakes. Okay, yeah, we understand that. But you make normally people make mistakes within whatever their current lifestyle is. You know, they get caught up with something. Normally it's, oh shoot, that's not them. But in this situation, this is John Morant who came up from good home, good school, great education. Everything was put in place. Parents are for <laughs> excuse me. Oh, Oh, excuse me, apologize for the coughing. But his parents did a phenomenal job raising him, setting him up to be the best he could be. Coming from came from a good suburban area. And seemingly, everything was on the right track for him to be knowledgeable, be smart, be educated, and be able to take on what this big lifestyle is going to be going to give him. And understand how to handle it well. That's what his background would give you. He ain't come up hard. This brother ain't come up from the slums. This brother ain't from the streets. This brother wasn't from none of that. Wasn't touching none of that. But all of a sudden now, we're seeing him essentially playing a life that he had no business playing it. He isn't from that life. And all of this seems very fake. Acting tough. Acting hard. Acting like he's he, he's about that life. He's from that world. And like you said to me, buddy, you're going to get put down. 
It makes no it ma- it makes no sense because it doesn't correlate with anything that he had to go through growing up in his life. And now we're looking at a man who potentially, because again, I'm not from the outside perspective. He is putting his entire career in danger, all because of he wants to play thug. He wants to play hard. He wants to play gangster. He ain't about that. He ain't about that. Jalen Rose, when he got into the NBA, he was about that. And he had to put it away. But he was about that. Now all of a sudden, John Moran in Memphis got a bunch of money, and now he seems to be all of a sudden living a lifestyle that he didn't have when he was younger. And seemingly, based on how he's been doing it so consistently, wanted to have. Again, I'm speculating. I'm not trying to speak on the man. I can only speak on the action. And what tendencies we've seen from we have seen from other people who have done this same exact thing. And now John Moran has put his whole career in jeopardy, all because he wants to play like he's about that life. Like he's from the hood. Now, what effect does this have, not only on him, but on but on the rest of the Memphis Grizzlies? Well, again, the effect on the Memphis Wild is important, is the least important thing in this whole situation. We're going to break it down. What does this mean for Memphis as a team? Memphis as a team right now, with John Morant gone, doesn't have a prayer in the world of winning a championship this year. Again, he's out indefinitely. We don't know when he's going to be back. We don't know when he's going to come back to the team. This potentially could go even through the playoffs. Now, that sounds insane. Oh, it's the playoffs. Of course, he's going to be back before that. We don't know. What if he does take this opportunity and not come back, even with the even with Memphis in second place in the West, comfortably going to make it to the playoffs, barring some catastrophic drop-off? And what if he doesn't come back? What's going to happen? Well, we see what's going to happen. I can tell you right now. If, if With Memphis going into the playoffs, they ain't got a prayer in the world of winning anything. Not a prayer in the world of winning anything. With John Moran out, they are very likely, it is not a surprise to say, oh, they'll get bounced in the first round. Maybe even sweat. It's insane to say, seemingly, but it's not insane to say when John Moran isn't in the picture. Because what have I said? What have many people said about the Memphis Grizzlies? And if I haven't said it on here before, I'm saying it right now. The Memphis Grizzlies don't have a second star in any way, shape, or form for this team. Love Jaron Jackson. Love Desmond Bank. None of them are true number two guys. If you get what I'm saying. In terms of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi number one, Paul George number two, LeBron, AD, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, or beforehand, Devin Booker and CP3. You, you, duos, tandems, along with a good roster, can take you wherever you want to go. But when it's just the rest of the team, 
and not the one star, and you don't have that second guy, oh, Lord, it's bad. It's nigh impossible. Almost impossible. Because without John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies are not in any way, shape, or form a threat. They already said, don't we? John already said, we ain't worried about the West. Okay, great. If y'all face if, if, if any team in the West, y'all face right now without John Morant, you're done. You're gone. Most likely, you're gone. Most likely, you're gone. Even if you get out to let, let, let let's say they drop a bunch of games. Hopefully, they don't. But let's say they do. And John Murray doesn't come back until the end of the season. After the last game is played. Let's say they drop and they fall all the way down. Now they're like a 7th, 8th seed, potentially. Without tight the Westage right now. You lose a, a slew of games, but you, you, you dipping down. Let's say that happens because now this is a legitimate possibility. They ain't beating the Suns if they got to face them. They ain't be beating Denver if they got to face them. Shoot, they ain't even beating the Pelicans if they got to face them. In fact, of the teams they could actually beat, it's, it's, they, if, I, if they face the Lakers, they could get knocked out. If they face the Lakers right now, right now the Lakers are what, in ninth place? If they face the Lakers, and the Lakers, let's say the Lakers somehow got to the playoffs without playing it, and they faced them, they're, 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 without John Moran, oh, they're losing. Not being the Warriors in seven-game series, not being the Clippers in seven-game series. Timberwolves, maybe. But if, if they're healthy and John Morant still isn't, is, he doesn't play, no. Mavericks, no. There's not a, without John Morant, there's not a team in the Western Conference that I can say definitively, yes, they can beat. Kings, no. Warriors, no. Clippers, no. Timberwolves, slight, maybe. Mavericks, no. Lakers, when LeBron comes back with the way they've been playing out with this new two retooled roster, no. Pelicans in 10th place, let's say they fall to a playing game. Potentially. They face the Pelicans. Shoot, they may get knocked out. Every legitimate team from spot one through nine. Without John Morant, no, they're not winning. Now, that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of what's going on with John Morant. But it is, in fact, a concern that needs to be had. And it needs to be talked about. Because it's not a team. Nuggets, Kings, Suns, Warriors, Clippers, Timberwolves, maybe. Timberwolves is the only one. Mavericks, Dallas, without Ja, they can actually win. Not a team they can actually beat without Ja Morant in the seven-game series. Now, for Ja, personal life, and what really matters what the world's going on with him and what this means for him. John Murray right now is playing a game where he could potentially ruin his entire career. All because of who he has surrounded himself with. Now, not only, not, not only people say, oh, you're being too hard on the kid. 
What are you doing? Why are you being so tough on him? He's, he's young. He makes mistakes. You know, whatever. The problem is this mistake is something that he can absolutely avoid. This is naivete that does, that shouldn't need to be. Or rather, this is naivete in terms of who he surrounded himself with that isn't even, he got caught up in the wrong crowd. He wants to be a part of a crowd that he has no business being a part of. He's actively looking for it. Caught up is you get exposed to something you didn't know before and all of a sudden, I'm in it. I like it. He is seeking out, trying to live this street lifestyle with friends who are in that street mentality. Again, threatening a drive-by on the Pacers, on, on, on Pacers, was it team? It's not, these are teammates or employees or both after the game. Along with who knows what stories we haven't heard. And he is seeking, he wants to be like this. Willingly put him, putting himself in a situation where he is going to essentially gangbang. Like NBA Youngboy, who, by the way, is his favorite rapper. And he's putting all, what is it, a hundred something million of his max contract that he's got with this team, all in jeopardy. Because he's playing a dangerous game that he has no business being a part of. And this isn't like Allen Iverson. <coughs> Some people want to make and draw comparisons to Allen Iverson with John Moran. This isn't like that. Allen Iverson, outside of the bowling alley incident, the thing that got Allen Iverson in trouble was him being unapologetically from the streets, not changing who he was, and he liked the party, and he had tattoos, and he wore chains, and essentially was, which was a big, again, unapologetically black, unapologetically himself, and the NBA didn't like that. And because of that, he was seen as a thug, even though he didn't do anything that was thug-ish outside of, again, the way he dressed, his tattoos, his cornrows, all that were deemed as bad, even though they were just part of black culture. That's it. But he himself did nothing outside of maybe not taking care of his body as well as he should have. That's it. To my knowledge, to my understanding, there was not, his whole thing, he was a culture changer because of the culture that he brought to the NBA that he didn't try to switch up when he got there. But in t outside of that, he wasn't toting. He, to my knowledge, wasn't toting, wasn't threatening, wasn't punching kids, wasn't doing all this stuff to act hard, act tough in ways that can potentially get you killed. He wasn't doing it. He was from the street, sure. But he more so, the way he presented himself was seen as thuggish and bad for the NBA. But the way he lived 
Nothing wrong. Again, to my knowledge. But John Morant, the way he's living, is directly wrong. Because this isn't him being himself. This is him integrating himself in a world that he doesn't belong in, potentially going to get himself shot. And or with his, by the way the NBA looks at it, gun-toting ways, potentially he's going to get him out the league. Why do I say that? It almost happened to Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony was trying to live that life too. And again, Stephen A. Smith said this on ESPN. A bunch of other reporters have confirmed this. The NBA knows where you are, what you're doing, who you're doing it with. They got people everywhere. It's not a hidden fact anymore. We understand the NBA works with people. And they got people that will check where you are. And Melo, Carmelo Anthony had to go through the same thing. He was in the streets. He was acting up. David Stern. They had eyes on him. He gets brought into up. He can. He had a story on this himself. You can look this up. And David Stern sat down with Mello, and he essentially said, "Look, you want to be in the streets or you want to be in the business? Which side do you want to be on? Because what you're doing out here can't correlate to what we're doing here. You're no longer just Carmelo Anthony. Now you're representing the NBA. Because of that." If you don't switch, it's going to be a short career. Because we can't have this in our league. And Melo was shocked at first, but then he realized, okay, this isn't, I'm not just myself anymore. I'm still me, but I'm no longer just me. I'm me in the NBA. There is new rules to this game because we're getting paid a bunch of millions of dollars. I can't play like I want to play in terms of out there in the streets. I can't do what I want to do or else I risk everything I've been working for is gone. Melo got a wake-up call and understood it. John Morant, this is your wake-up call. But instead of David, uh, or excuse me, Adam Silver being the one to give that to you, now, thankfully, he understood it himself. Put himself in a rehab facility. Got himself some help. Got himself some counseling, hopefully, on what he needs to put around him and who he needs to put around him moving forward. Because you got over $100 million on the line. And you are the breadwinner for your family. You are the man. You are the guy. You are the brother that is going to, that is bringing your whole family out of whatever they're struggling with. If they're struggling. You are now the, 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 the heartbeat of your family entirely. Because of the money you're making. And John wants to take care of his family. He's a family man. He's got a kid and everything. And he's about his family. As you can see with his close relationship with his father. It is not that he doesn't want to. But he may be forced out of his ability to. Take care of the people he wants to take care of. All because he doesn't see. Or excuse me. 
didn't see exactly how detrimental this lifestyle he's trying to perpetuate that he isn't from, that he isn't really about, that doesn't correlate with who he is as a person. Now he sees how much it's potentially going to take away. If not his money and his career, potentially his life. Because this is Memphis. Let's not be twisted. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not be confused about the situation. But you, while you are right now the most rec- one of the most recognizable names in your city, the shining beacon of hope, the prodigal son, the man in Memphis, loved by everybody, you still going, you choke that iron the wrong way, in the wrong spot, one to the head, two to the chest. That can potentially happen. That's not me being funny. That's a legitimate risk. That's a legitimate risk. That is as real as it gets. You ain't, 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 there's no playing with it. No playing with it. Not only that, either he could be, even be with the right now with the people that he's surrounding himself with. Based on what we understand. He may not even do anything and still be put in trouble. Right now, he may not even do anything and still potentially could be in danger of getting his life taken. Because if he's got people willing to drive by after an altercation on the court against an NBA organization, again, black car driving by the Pacers team with a red laser, we assume at the end of a gun, Pointed at the Pacers. If that's true, then those are people, and those are people that he is surrounding himself with, and they're willing to do that. But by sheer association with them, if they mess up on their part, they can come after you just to send a message that this is real. This is the real risk that you're taking in this job rent because of the people that you are surrounding yourself with. There is no good reason that job rent should have to flaunt a lifestyle of I'm tough, I'm a thug, I'm about that life when you're making this much money. Get out of it. Hopefully he sees that now. With him having to make a public apology. With him losing his Powerade ad in light of this whole NBA investigation with being accused of punching the 17-year-old kid and potentially going to court. With all of this, and you know what? Because of all this drama, now everything he does is going to be under scrutiny. Even though this is not who John Morant is as a person. With all this going on, now he can't go nowhere without being under scrutiny of up. Oh, is this leading further and further into the downfall of John Morant? Is this further leading to signs of implosion for one of the brightest stars in the NBA? One of the best point guards in the NBA? The brother went to a strip club, which many NBA players do. Spent a bunch of money. Pictures got leaked of him at the club. Different situation from the gun. Pictures got leaked of him at the club. Doing his thing. And now that's under scrutiny. Even though 
We know about James Harden and his clubbing ways. Played great in Houston once he got traded. <laughs> Went down the hill. Whenever he plays in Houston, however, the brother goes back to MVP caliber. Everybody makes their jokes about that old thing. Infer what you will. But Magic City is one major power-up for James Harden, uh, seemingly. <laughs> seemingly. <laughs> but NBA players do that all the time. Yet with John Morant, now it's, oh, look at him. Look at this juvenile. Look at this delinquent. Now, it's something that it should be just private life. It's no longer private life. It's going to be used against you. I'm not bashing or saying anything about what he does privately. What I'm saying is, with this situation now happening, with the gun, in light of everything else that we've seen and all the other allegations that are against him, it is now apparent that the media and everybody else is going to view his personal life, whatever gets reported, as essentially a scale of is he getting better or is he getting worse? And that can potentially be used against you down the line. The most mundane thing can be used to potentially drag your your name through the mud. All because now, oh, he's toting iron. He's toting iron not for protection, but because, oh, he's a G. He's a gangster. That's what that that's what the people are going to see and say. And it's I hate it, but that's the truth. If you want this lifestyle, you can have it. But what that entails and what that changes in terms of how people perceive you, both fans and business people and companies and organizations. In the Memphis Grizzlies, if this is if this is what you want, there's a lot more to risk than you may realize. And thankfully, it seems like he's realized it by going into rehab, by going into counseling, by looking over his life and looking at what does he need to change, because it's going in in the matter in a matter of a week. We've gone from talking about him as the brightest star oh this man just needs one more piece to make this team a, a solidified top three team in the west and or even currently right now they can make a they can make a run at the title legitimate we went from having conversations like that face of the league type conversations to now uh, John Morrison what the world John Morant is a thug. That's what has changed that quick despite five years of consistent growth and production. Helping out the community members. All that stuff gets swatted away. If you want to live this lifestyle, if you want to be a G, that's what's going on. Melo had to learn it. Thankfully, Ja is learning it. Thankfully. Oh, almost forgot. Gilbert Arenas. 
He brought a gun to the he brought a gun to the facility over some dispute. Wasn't even gonna shoot it, based on what I read with him. Wasn't even gonna use it. But just because of that, boom, nearly blackballed. Got back into the league, but brother, that was a bad time. That was bad for Gilbert. And we don't talk, we don't stop talking about it to this day. Till this day, despite him being one of the better point guards we've seen in the modern day. The 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 antithesis to what we see for Derrick Rose, John Morant, Russell Westbrook. In fact, kind of rolled, rolled all into one. With the shooting of Damian Lillard. Could pull up from 35, could dunk on you. Incredible ability to finish around the hoop. Great mid-range game. Tight handles. At that time, one of the better handles in the league. And athletic, strong, everything going for him. A combination of some of the greatest point guards we see today. And we don't talk about that. We talk about him bringing a gun. John, that's where you're at right now. You can get out of this, absolutely. But that's the life that you are looking to live. And with Gilbert, he wasn't even affiliated with nobody. That was just him. Thankfully, nothing happened. But with you, you're more ingrained than just, oh, I'm just toting the gun. And because of that, the risk of what you can, what can potentially happen to you, far greater. Because now you're putting yourself in position to potentially have your life as legitimate tax to pay. Or your loved ones as legitimate tax to pay because of who you're affiliated with and who they affiliate with. Because it ain't just about who you connect with. It's the reason why it's so concerning is because the people you connect with also connect with other people. And if you're connected with a bad crowd, they're connected with a bad crowd. And when that happens, you get dragged deeper and deeper into layers and layers and layers of drama that you weren't prepared for. And that potentially can be detrimental in more ways than one. And that's what the NBA sees, and that's why they're trying to stop it. That's why they, that's why they have these rules, that's why they have this investigation. That's why it's so important for John Morant. Once he gets out of counseling, and once he leaves and rejoins with his team, that he changes everything. Be the John Morant that we know you are, not who you think you want to be. Because who you think you want to be requires a sacrifice that you're not willing to pay. Especially since you got a loving family and a kid that you want to protect, raise, and provide for. The risk of what you're currently doing is the first step into a potential astronomical price tag that you'll have to pay. That you'll have to give up. The life's IRS will call coming to collect. 
with how you're going, potentially. It's not even worth the risk of that being a possibility. Just to be a G. It's not. That's what Jabberant has to understand. And again, yes, he makes mistakes. Yes, he's made a major mistake. But now, self-aware, critical of himself, put himself in a place where he can get the counseling and understand, reevaluate his life and the people around him to see where his life is potentially going have an opportunity to stop it. Thankfully, he's taking that step. But moving forward, we're going to have to see what happens. Will he come out? When he comes out, will he still want to be there? Because again, missing a shot at a title, incredibly bad. But this is bigger than just basketball right now. This is life's work potentially being put to ruin all because you want to play a game that you are not prepared to play. You want to be a part of a lifestyle, of a street lifestyle, that you're nowhere near. You are gonna, you are trying to play your way. You're trying to make it back in the mud if you're John Moran. You're not trying to get out the mud. You're trying to get back in the mud. You're trying to play your way out of the NBA. Instead of playing your way into the NBA. You're trying to, you want to make it back to the projects. You want to go back to the slums. That's what it seems like. That's what it's looking like right now. You, you, you weren't even there in the first place. And you want to get out of the NBA to make it to the hood. What type of reverse psychology is that? That's what you are currently perpetuating with your life. And how who you're associating with. And how you're presenting yourself. With the actions that you're doing. And because of that, if that's what you want to do, the NBA will let it happen. They'll say, cool, you can get out. No problem. Void the contract. Organization won't sign you. Be deemed too big of a risk. Go ahead. That's what will happen. If this, if this road is the road that he keeps dropping on. And hopefully he changes his mind. We're going to have to see. Because good gosh, he's too bright of a star to lose to a lifestyle that he has no business being in. That he doesn't need because he's set for life at 23 years old. I'm 24 and I'm trying to make it. He's 23 and he's he cannot. Once his first max contract ends, he can retire and not play another day in the NBA. And be prepped for his life, his kids' life, his grandkids' life, their grandkids' life. And probably the rest of the family's life. Both immediate and beyond. While still having left over to do whatever the world he wants to do. That's what John Moran is risking. 
Hopefully he sees that and looks to make a change. We just will have to see. We just have to see. But moving on for the topic, next topic of the day that we have to talk about. Necessary to talk about. The last topic of the show. Oh, yes, it's time to step into the ring. That's right, ring the bell. Let's get it started right now with the one and only round of the day. We have John Jones, your new interim heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC. He did it. He did it. Can you believe he did it? I couldn't believe he did it. I couldn't believe he did it with the ease that he did it. John Jones is our new heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC. And he made it look like child's play. He made Serial God, or Serial God, excuse me, one of the most potent, tactical, precise strikers in the UFC, so especially in the heavyweight division. One of the most deadly stand-up threats in the heavyweight division today. Made him look like a child. Made him look like a white belt. Submitted him in the first round with a two minutes and four seconds left to go. Didn't get hit. I don't think he got hit. Didn't break a sweat. He looked like, it looked like he was demonstrating to another gym or another student that was working with him how to do a move, how to get a guillotine on an active opponent. It looked like they were doing a walkthrough rather than having a fight. This was like a presentation, a tutorial. And he just submitted him. It, 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 it looked so flawless when it ended. I legitimately was shocked. I didn't say anything. There was nothing I could. I stood up and I was just, I was at a loss for words. And I love to talk. I was at a loss for words. There was nothing I could say. I had to call another UFC fan, Michelle, who we had on the show before. Shout out to Michelle. Had to call him and be like, we, we, I, I had to whisper. Not only because we, you know, didn't want to yell, but at the same time, I, I was too shocked to actually give a just reaction to what I just saw. And this solidified for me the ease of this win. Solidified for me that John Jones is the greatest UFC fighter that's ever lived. Over Anderson Silva. I said if he wins, he'll be the greatest. This wasn't a win. This was domination. This, this, this was so dominant, it didn't even look like a fight. You understand that? <coughs> it didn't even look like a fight. It did not even look like a fight. And again, full disclosure, John Jones said that Cyril God of the heavyweight contenders is probably the weakest of the legitimate title contenders in, in the division. And or the or the most, um, uh, what what's the word? Has the most holes in his game. Paraphrasing. Is the most ill-equipped of everybody in the heavyweight division. And he's not wrong. Because again, like I said, in my prediction to all of this breakdown of the fight, I said that Real Gonzalez is a better striker than Gustafson, who was who was John Jones' toughest opponent. At the same time, 
He was able to get taken down by Francis Ngannou strictly from his strength and couldn't defend anything. And was able to just get controlled on the ground by Ngannou, who we were just lauding uh, uh, over when he beat Miotic and defended the takedown. Our whole thing was with Ngannou was the fact that, oh my gosh, you can't take him down. What can you do? But with Surreal, he was able to actually be on the offensive after getting his striking taken away. When it should have been that if you can stop Ngannou from striking and change his game plan, but he got a legitimate shot to win. So that was the biggest concern with Surreal Gone. But even still, the threat of heavyweight power, who is just as big as John Jones, almost as, as lengthwise, as almost as, as, as closes up the reach from the normal significant gap that he normally has when John Jones fights. And as a better technical striker than Gustafson. And has the power to knock you out. Because anybody in this heavyweight division, especially Surreal Gone, if he touches you, you can go to sleep. That's what you're working with. That's what you're working against, excuse me. And yet, with all of that, he was able to just seamlessly walk through the striking, get find his way on the inside, and do exactly what I said that he needed to do to win, which was use his grappling and win it on the ground. And he did just that with the greatest of ease. Try to cinch in the guillotine against the cage. Almost had it. First time. In fact, it looked, it looked more... It looked better the first time he tried to cinch it in than the second time he tried to cinch it in. First time it looked like it was locked in. And Cyril didn't tap. Second time it looked like he was still trying, Jones was still trying to get his arm fully under the chin. And Cyril, and that's the one that he tapped to. It was insane. It's insane that he was able to do this. So despite being, again, quote-unquote, the most ill-equipped of fighters in the heavyweight division, this is still one of the better contenders. And many people speak as would-be heavyweight champion of the contenders in the, in, in the UFC. And because of that, and him able to, to win this easily, not even getting hit, not breaking a sweat, mind you, while he adjusted his body correctly to the weight of heavyweight, at like 140 or something, still looked like it wasn't the final form of him as heavyweight because he still had a lot of water weight to him. He looked both in shape and out of shape at the same time. And it was, it was seamless. It was seamless. It, this solidified him as the greatest fighter in UFC history. With all the names that he has on the resume in the past, now moving up and beating one of the brightest stars in the heavyweight division today in the UFC, one of the most technically gifted. Oh, yeah, he's the greatest of all time. It's hard for me to say otherwise. It's hard for me to say otherwise. Better than Junior Dos Santos. Better, again, better than Anderson Silva, who was my guy. 
who was my guy. But he, this is hard for me to argue against. It's hard for me to argue against this. Because there's no weakness to his game, seemingly. He can strike you. Incredible striker. Incredible distance control. Like I said in the past, all those things that he's got. Can fight on the inside. Phenomenal grappling, both on, on the feet and on the ground. Can take a punch. Can elevate his game as the fight goes on. Can outthink you. Can log you into traps. Can bum rush you if he wants to. Is precise with his striking. Has stamina. Can beat you in a multitude of ways. That's one of the most unorthodox uh, strikes in stand-up game that we've seen. Innovated the art of stand-up in a way that many people now take after him. Especially in the heavyweight division. He, I don't know what else there is to say about this man. The whole thing of he fights up to the competition of his opponent is true. Because when he fought Reyes, everybody was like, oh shoot, wait a minute now. Is this is is it this was a struggle? Now we see that he was fighting at the level. Because when he fought again, Surreal Gun, a legitimate threat, one of the biggest threats to John Jones in his entire career, he took him out quick and in a hurry. This was a I I'm still at a loss for words of what to say about this. This win was one of the easiest wins I've ever seen. Because it was no nonsense. And it's, it's, it's stupid in terms of how brief and how quick and how nonchalant John Jones was when he choked out Cyril Gunn. I mean, I don't know. The, essentially, right now, who else in the world can touch him? He is the powerful. He is, I, again, respect to Alexander Volkanovsky. Respect to Islam Makachev. Respect to, to Kamar Usman. Respect to Leon Edwards, who beat Kamar Usman. Respect to anybody who you want to put in the pound for pound list. There is not a fighter right now that's better than John Jones. Right now, there is not a fighter better than John Jones. Nowhere. In the UFC, is there a fighter better than John Jones? And I don't know who the world can beat him. I love Stipe Miocic. I don't, how is he going to beat him? How is Stipe Miocic going to beat him? He's better ground game, better wrestler, better grappler than Surreal Gun. John Jones clears him in that. Striker John Jones clears him in that. Speed John Jones clears him in that. IQ John Jones clears him in that. Submission defense or offense. John Jones clears. What, what can Miotic do? One of the greatest heavyweights of all time. This is not disrespect, but this is legit. I'm, I'm, we're going to do a whole breakdown. Trust me, when that fight gets officially announced. But right now, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm questioning what the world can Stephen Miotic do to beat him. 
to beat this John Jones. Beyond that, if Francis Ngannou did in fact come back to the UFC and fight John Jones to unify the heavyweight championship, what the world is Ngannou going to be able to do? As strong as he is, what the world is he going to be able to do? He's not, he's not taking him down. He can knock him out, sure. Because it's Francis Ngannou. And it's the heavyweight division. Same thing goes for Stipe. Same thing went for Surreal Gun. The art of the knockout, it can happen. No doubt about it. But as a fight, what is it that Stipe can do? And what is it that Ngannou can do? That gives me credence to say, oh yeah, they, they can beat John Jones confidently outside of landing the perfect shot. That, like, I don't know. I really don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. With this, with this, as much trouble as Francis Ngannou had early on in his career with grappling, even when he learned to defend students and graded taken down, Outside of using boot strength with the world. What in the world? I don't know. And again, right now he's the most imposing figure in MMA. Absolutely. That doesn't change the fact that against John Jones, I don't see anything that he can do. And Miotic, respect the mess out of him. I don't know what he can do either. I don't know what he can There's nobody in the heavyweight division. I don't know what they can do. I don't know what they can do to be able to actively stop heavyweight John Jones. Who, if he comes into every fight like he came into the surreal gun fight, and based on the way he's talking, he's going to be even better conditioned, better prepared, and more accustomed to the heavyweight division. He's committed to this for the long term. He don't want nothing outside of nothing. Getting in the way of this. Seems like he really put that past. Of drugs and everything else behind him. What in the world can a. Can it can. What can be done. Against a driven. Motivated. Consistent. Dedicated. John Jones. What can be done. In the heavyweight division. What the world can be done. Who's going to beat him. Derek Lewis. No. Again, Ngannou, right now, no. Miocic, right now, no. Oh, this man may, we might just see a, a rain of John Jones at heavyweight. Just staying there, never leaving. Just dominating all the way through. It's, 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 it's terrifying how easy this was for him. And it's such a big statement throughout the history of the MMA. With all of his great fighters that have came and went and are currently making a name for themselves. There's nobody better than John Jones ever in the UFC. He is definitively the greatest of all time. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'll gladly admit it. He is definitively the greatest of all time. 
Every major player, past or present, he has beaten. He has never actually lost outside of a no contest, which he was winning. Oh, because of the eye poke. Whatever error you want to say, whatever fighter you want to put against him, it is tough for me to say that they will be able to beat John Jones. There are very few people that have mastered the art of fighting. Especially in the MMA. And when I say master, I mean master. George St. Pierre. You could, you could put Junior DeSantos. See, that was the name I was looking for earlier. George St. Pierre. Junior DeSantos was phenomenal too. But George St. Pierre. You can put Junior, you can put Junior DeSantos. Anderson Silva. Jose Aldo. We can keep going down the list. Conor McGregor at his peak. Right now, Alexander Volkanovsky, you can put anybody. And Islam Makachev. All of those are phenomenal. Hall of Fame worthy. Some of the greatest of all time. None of them. And I don't think anybody that we that you can think of is better than John Jones in UFC history. And it's incredible that we're seeing him still progress and elevate like we are. It's phenomenal. And for the foreseeable future, heavyweight division looks like it's going to be on notice for a long time. And it's going to be known as the throne of John Jones. As he puts bones to construct his throne. That's what's going to happen. Didn't mean to rhyme, but whatever. Right now, he looks like John Jones is going to already have his throne at light heavyweight. He's going to build a brand new throne off the bones of everybody that he beats. Now that he's in the heavyweight division. It's going to happen quick, too. Incredibly quick. We could look at we could potentially be looking at the greatest heavyweight champion of all time. If he goes and reigns, we could. We know who the greatest fighter is. The greatest of all time in all of UFC. Yeah, that's that's John Jones. But at heavyweight, some people say Steve Miocic is the greatest of all time. Some people have other names. Some people were saying that Francis Ngannou was working his way up there as the greatest heavyweight of all time. But right now, John Jones with Stipe Miocic on the horizon and the landscape of the rest of the heavyweight division, it is not outrageous to say that within that division, he could also become the greatest ever. Along with being the greatest in all of the UFC, he could quickly make his claim as the greatest heavyweight of all time also. Two different distinctions, two that hold amazing weight, respectively. He could get both of them. It's, it's stupid. It, this, is, this is insane. And I can't wait to track his career anymore. That's what I got to say on John Jones. And my goodness. 
Heavyweight division needs to be put on notice and step their game up. If you need to evolve, it better be now. Because if not, you're getting put underfoot. And you're just, getting, again, another bone to the collection of John Jones. That's what you'll become with the way he's looking right now. It is incredible. But this has been another episode of The Budget Point. I'm so happy to be back with you. We're back again. No longer sick. Oh, we got so much to cover. So happy to be back with you and to be able to do another episode with you. Please, like I said before, share the channel, share the video, leave a like on the video, comment your thoughts on the page, and subscribe. Please subscribe so we can get the subscriber count up so we can build an empire for you so I can make this channel bigger and better for you, the viewer and listener. This has been The World Report. I've been John Crutch. Peace and love. We are out of here.